Man, I still feel so terrible from last episode. At least two or three things where I didn't like get a chance to mention it at all. The like the great crack about what happens if you call yourself wrong person. That was great. That was great. Uh, I had something noted for POW MIA, and I don't know why, but it was probably to talk about how when I was a kid, I just always assumed that it was Palmia. I did too. And and not an acronym. Just, ah, uh, I feel terrible. Straight gold, man. It's gone now. Yeah, well. Welcome to another episode of Stargate Weekly. I'm Stuart Hollis. And I'm Thad Haight. And this week we are talking about Season 1, Episode 19, Tin Man. Yes. So our synopsis from TV Guide, O'Neill and his SG-1 team members are transformed into robots while on a mission. Way to spoil the surprise, TV Guide. You know, that was my initial take as well, and then I realized that it does get revealed to the viewer eight minutes in or something. So it's not like it was an act three. Yeah, but still, it's like, you know, that dramatic reveal when, you know, the white stuff comes out of Jack's arm. Gross. Uh, literally, you could have said any color and the answer is still gross if it's not red. Uh, you know, <laughs> when that green stuff I comes mean, out of his arm, it's still gross. When the red stuff comes out of his arm, it's not, you know, not gross. That's a perfectly normal bodily function when you're... Bleeding? No, cause, no. <laughs> Bleeding profusely is a perfectly normal bodily function? No, because two points. One, that was when Fraser was drawing his apparently not blood. When Jack went all Terminator 2... To rip his skin open. Now listen to me very carefully. There was no. Yeah, so blood. that's the other thing. What were, what were the odds that Fraser was going to stick the needle exactly into something that had liquid? Yeah, I mean, I guess pretty low, especially in light of the fact that then there wasn't a whole lot of liquid inside his arm. Yeah. yeah. Also, like it was like super fidgety, which obviously is there to show us, hey, look, he's a robot. But he wasn't moving his arms, so it shouldn't have been right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I guess we should, you know, go with the beginning of the episode. Whatever, we're all over the place. You know, here's something important about the entire episode. Uh huh. No Walter. This is true. It's very sad. But uh, even though there's no Sergeant Siler, Dan Shea was in it. I saw did that. You notice it at the end. I there? did both times. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so so we open up with them coming on through the gate. Jack doing his, doing his best uh, airline pilot. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your colonel speaking. Welcome to P three X Niner eight Niner, where it's a balmy room temperature. Yeah, interestingly, at one point he calls it P three X nine eight nine, and at one point he calls it P X three nine eight nine. As does General Hammond. Yes. When he's talking about sending SG five. Yeah, apparently it was probably. Jack saying it wrong in the beginning because there were two PX three nine eight nines and only one P three X. See, I was on Jack's side, original Jack, non robot Jack. Yeah, because it is usually a number after the P, isn't it? Exactly. Okay, so what stood out for you? What do you want to talk about first? Um, the similarities to three different Star Trek episodes. Well, it wouldn't be a Stargate Weekly episode. <laughs> okay, so like. Not, like, perfectly similar to any of them, but elements in all of them. Mm -hmm. So, um, the original series, Star Trek, uh, what are little girls made of? Sugar. Spice. And everything nice. Uh, has the, an android duplication machine. And in fact, there is an android of Kirk made. Okay, so it's not about, uh, vivisecting small 
like female children. No. Good. Or about sugar and spice and everything nice. Alright, well now I'm I can't decide which one I'm like more relieved slash to, you know, annoyed by. It is the episode that has the pictures that you've probably seen going around the internet of Kirk uh, holding a giant penis-shaped rock. Oh, yeah, sure. Anyway, um, then there is an episode of The Next Generation named Tin Man. Is it also about robots? No. Oh. That's where the similarities end. And I wouldn't have mentioned it at all if I wasn't already. And then there's an episode of Voyager where the entire crew is duplicated without them realizing it. And the, the duplicates don't realize that they're duplicates. I remember that episode, having seen all of them. Course Oblivion. I didn't remember the name. I only watched the episodes. I didn't memorize the names. All of them. I couldn't. I don't know if I could tell you the the episode title of a single episode. It'd be like a complete shot in the dark if one of them is called Delta Flyer. No, and that's not even fair. <laughs> the Delta Flyer appears in many episodes, but there is not an episode entitled Delta Flyer. I know it. I love it. I don't know every Voyager episode name. I know quite a few of them, but not all of them. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Voyager was actually probably had some of the worst names of the Star Trek series because they had a whole bunch of like one word names that just like okay maybe. That, like, only vaguely told you what the episode was about. But anyway, we are digressing. Yeah. So, getting back to the episode and the things that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, they're all wearing different jumpsuits. I didn't notice that, actually. Yes. When Carter is just poking buttons on the alien computer. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds ominous. And the first thing that popped in my head was... You don't know if it's ominous. I mean, it is, because we're watching a sci-fi show, so of course it has to be ominous. This isn't, like, a really funny sci-fi show where it's, like, anytime they can throw a head fake at you, they will. But I'm thinking, what if that's their disk drive? Mm. Get right down to it. A floppy drive sounds kind of ominous if you don't expect it. And... In 2017, I don't expect it. Exactly. So how ominous would it be if all of a sudden your computer started sounding like it had a floppy drive in it? Honestly, I was slightly weirded out for a second earlier today when I was updating the firmware on my Mac Pro. And during the process, the CD drive opened and closed. You're like, oh, wait, disk drives. Those are things. Yes, pretty much. (laughs) Wait, they're not cup holders? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose that the in that the same vein of the first ten minutes or so, something that I noticed was when or that I I touched on when they're waking up in their not matching jumpsuits. You know, they're of a theme, but they don't match. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that. I just noticed they were all wearing black jumpsuits. Well, the, it's the piping that's different, you see. Right, yeah, I figured. Daniel is saying, actually, you know what? I feel pretty great. And I thought of that maybe fake Nutrigain commercial from forever ago. You don't know it? No. Okay. Guy takes a bite of a Nutrigain bar and all of a sudden, like, perks went. I was like, what? What? Oh, yeah. No, now I remember that. Yeah. Man, Nutri-Grain. There's something I haven't thought about in, like, a long time. Yeah, it's one of those things that it feels like it's probably a fake commercial, but whatever. I like I like to believe. No, I think that actually was a real commercial on TV. So, what, uh, what else stuck yes, out for you? Nutri-Grain does still exist. Of course, nothing ever dies. What is dead may never die. Hmm. Uh, well, what stands out for me? I mean, it's a... It's a Pretty, you know, classic sci-fi sort of story. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the androids were overly accepting of their doomed life to, you know, spend an eternity fixing up a falling apart outpost. 
Well, I, I think that some of that may come from, and we saw it a lot in Jack's conversation with his clone. And by the way, future knowledge, Jack is never happy when he gets cloned. This is true. Also, oddly, his clones are usually smarter than he is. Mm. Like, you know, when they're talking... And don't even think about trying to send a bomb to make sure. I wasn't. Yes, you were. I know you. Mm. Anyway, when he was talking with his clone, you know, they, both the originals and the clones, they know what the stakes are. They know what's involved. The clones know firsthand that they can't be out of this area for very long. I suppose that's true. And since they are clones of the consciousness of our heroes, then obviously they have a fairly high self-preservation value and are not going to willfully wander out onto the surface so that they can power down and die i suppose and you know we do have future knowledge about some things they do that's very true also besides you know just give it a couple of hundred years and maybe they'll start to enjoy it mm. so what else stood out to you because there wasn't anything that like really stood out to me on this one i mean it's a pretty solid episode but Nothing, like, major. Well, definitely the part that it was a solid episode, but what I really liked about it was, and I noticed especially on my second watch through, that it was the intra-team dynamic that was really great on this one. Yeah, they definitely have got gotten the relationship down at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know, since the conflict was sort of internal, I, I, well, internal to the team, I suppose it wasn't you know, Harlan was the one who did it, but he was never a hundred percent the bad guy. Yeah. The, and they didn't like treat him like a bad guy either. Right. And that was something that struck me on the second watching was real Jack gets up and he's like, Harlan, where have you been? Whereas before when, you know, they touch the computer, it makes an ominous noise because the floppy drive is seeking and they wander away and they get zapped. Well, they hadn't met Harlan yet. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Harlan, they woke up, Harlan was there, had a conversation with them, and somehow convinced them that they needed to hang out here in the creepy room and be put into like a semi-coma maybe or something? Because they're like semi-awake, their eyes are darting about. Yeah, that that was weird. And they're 100% on board with it, because it's not like Jack is... Harlan, what the hell is going on? You promised it was just going to be a five-minute nap, and I'm staring at myself. Yeah, but I also... He also definitely was, like, our duplicates, or synthetic... Yeah, like, no. He was surprised to hear about the synthetic duplicate. Yes, that was surprising. But everything else, he wasn't surprised by. He wasn't surprised by the fact that he was just laying there in the room with the rest of the team. He was mildly irked by having the thing on his mouth but not so much to be like hey we never agreed to this mm. it, it was very very strange yeah uh but yeah it, the the team dynamic w- was very solid and that's sort of what made the episode which was yes uh, a pretty reasonable episode especially by first season standards <laughs> um something that i was thinking about on both watch throughs and then on the second one i decided to completely cross out was i was thinking for a minute that harlan was trying his darndest to choose his words carefully such that he never lied because he's a robot maybe he's programmed to not but he definitely at some at one point says that the phys- that the original bodies are gone. Right. And like not, you know, they're not here or some other phrasing that could have been open-ended. It was like straight up gone. So, yeah, yeah. like well, well, there went that theory. Oh, well. I was hoping in the Jack Teal fight that 
Teal'c would get skewered, because obviously Jack isn't going to get skewered, because he's not the one who's gone crazy. But I was hoping that Teal'c was going to get skewered, and we get a one-liner. Little some steam Bennett. Mm. So, also, when, uh, when Frasier draws the white fluid, and then Jack cuts his arm open, and Frasier sounds the alarm, Daniel says, it is us, which seemed weird to me, because I feel like most people would use it's. a contraction there yeah mm-hmm. and i was wondering is this like a thing that androids don't use contractions so are they pulling a tng on us yeah. but i didn't nothing else ever stood out to me so i feel like they must have used other contractions but maybe not well at the very least he says for crying not crying i'm not sure mm. how close that, that doesn't to it. yeah that doesn't really yeah. count also speaking of android specific tropes the white fluid very very alien oh yeah you know all the all the androids in the alien and alien adjacent movies yeah that's true i hadn't even thought of that Mm -hmm. so you know between that and the and the you know skin peely thing in the arm you know that gave uh ian holm food poisoning in the when they were filming alien really yeah because it was yogurt and under the hot lights it had gone gross oh ew yeah i don't remember why i don't know why i remember that but i read it somewhere uh i also noticed that harlan's blaster sounded a little bit like a zat a little bit also hey in the future there's gonna be something called a zat and you'll know what we mean when we get to it in two episodes really yes nice because i'm pretty sure yeah no i'm sorry three episodes i forgot about the clip show oh yeah uh yeah i suppose like really the the final thing that i'd even like want to talk about is just that we got a double for crying out loud loud. yes that was good yeah you know like a little bit of humor to it which is good oh when the base was falling apart and the camera's shaking around but jackson and sam are standing there like what like you know not you know you see the things where they stabilize the bridge on toss Mm -hmm. oh yes and you see the actors throwing themselves about. Well, I've seen the one for TNG anyway. There's also one for Toss. I'm sure it's most, much the same. It's much the same. Whereas in this case, if you were to stabilize it, it would look exactly like the previous scenes. See, because all they did was just shake the camera. <laughs> it's already stabilized. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have a ton to talk about. It was a solid episode. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Having already seen it twice, I wouldn't watch it again right now. So, at 42 minutes and 26 seconds in. <laughs> Is this what we're going to do now? Because we're not going to go through the minutes. You're going you're gonna to start calling out specific timestamps. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because that's how you notice it. 42 minutes and 26 seconds through 4227. Uh, you can see on the very edge of the screen, you probably can't see it on the Hulu, on Hulu but on the DVD rip... Or the DVD itself, you can see Teal'c smirking. Whoa. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'll allow it. (laughs) Timestamp away. That's what I'm saying. See, this is important information. (laughs) This is important, man. That's way more important than the not matching jumpsuits. Oh, I didn't even bother to ask you what you remember about this episode. The the basic basic premise. Yeah. The only thing I I remember on this one was like, hey, is this one with Comtraya? Come try it! It is! <laughs> I apparently enjoy Come Try it way more than you do. For some reason, I always get this one and Ergo conflated in my mind. Ergo, the one where... It's the, the one with Dom DeLuise. Right, where he takes over uh, Jackson's body. he's, like, body. in their heads. No, you're thinking of something else. Oh. You're thinking of... You're talking about the video game one. No. You're thinking of Michello. Yes, man, Michello. 
Ergo is the one where Dom DeLuise is, like, in all of their heads. as like, And they keep seeing the hallucinations of Dom DeLuise doing Dom DeLuise stuff. Okay. See, this is where we get into a problem where I know the name Dom DeLuise, but I couldn't point him out of a crowd right now. Like, the, there's no face coming with the name. Uh, fat, sweaty, middle-aged actor with a bushy beard. Yeah, like, I knew that that's what he probably looks like. <laughs> uh, comedic actor. He's... He was the father of Peter DeLuise, who was one of the producers on the show. Again, that I also knew. It is more about the idea that it's like, I know I'm aware of who and what he is. With a name like that, he had to be like a sweaty, comedic, fat guy with a beard. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else he's been in. He's been in so many things. He's, he died a couple years ago. I remember that as well. At this point, I would like to look him up on IMDb, but IMDb has kicked me to this i've got his imdb page up okay i'm on the mobile site he's in blazing saddles i bet he was the director the the choreographer i bet that's what who he was in yeah he he might have been yeah no, no, i i saw the picture you just shot me that's fantastic that's definitely going to the show notes <laughs> the smirking the smirking teal yes <laughs> that needs to oh, man that's i love that picture it's a shame that it's only a quarter of his face right okay so dom Louise, who was in all of the things forever yeah he did a lot of voice acting yeah nice he's the voice of pizza the hut on Spaceballs. nice <laughs> he was buddy bizarre on blazing saddles i have no idea who that was no i have no idea but it's one of the things he's known for apparently yeah i'm looking at his picture i'm betting that he was the choreographer in blazing saddles yeah no i think you're right okay so the guy who plays harlan He's definitely been in, like, other things, too. Like, he had to have been, right? Like, he's familiar, but that might just be because I watched this episode. Man, Peter DeLuise looks like Dom DeLuise's kid. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a picture of Peter DeLuise. I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now. Oh, never mind. Sorry, Brad Wright kind of looks like Dom DeLuise's kid. Oh, okay. I've also never seen a picture of Brad Wright. He looks kind of like he would be Dom DeLuise's kid. Jay Brazo is Harlan. Yes, yes. I made I made like a mental note of that, but then didn't uh, didn't write it down. And he is best known for Best in Show, Insomnia, and Double Jeopardy. None of which I have seen. You haven't seen Double Jeopardy? No, I have not. I'm not missing anything. He's also known for Watchmen. Surely you've seen Watchmen. I have, but I don't know who the news vendor is. He was the guy vending the news. Jeez, man, do you need it, like, served up more obviously? And he's apparently in a series of TV movies called Garage Sale Mystery. Nice. Yeah, he's just been in a lot of stuff. He was on an episode of The West Wing. I bet he was probably on Law & Order, too. Mackie Lowell. I don't remember that at all. Who the heck was Mackie Lowell? I just watched that episode. He was never on Law & Order. What? That's what I'm saying. He's like the one actor in the world who hasn't been on any incarnation of Law & Order. All right. This has been another episode of Stuart and Thad Look Up Things on IMDb Weekly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which is really every week. <laughs> yes. We know that you're riveted, riveted by all of this. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed on this one was how great it was. Once it was discovered that they were robots, uh, General Hammond just railroading over them no matter what they were saying. He wasn't going to be swayed by the fact that they looked like his friends and uh, yeah, and people. Well, I mean, would you? 
but that's also sort of like a common trope is i feel like it can't it's like a 50 50 trope you know you you see it as often as you don't that the person gets swayed by the lookalike yeah i mean we saw it in cold lazarus actually they totally thought real jack was not real jack but they didn't have any evidence in front of their face that he wasn't real jack i'm thinking more of scenarios where they have the evidence that the person is some sort of clone or something, but they're still kind of willing to believe that maybe it's a good clone. Ah. Whereas in this case, Hammond was taking no chances and it was immediately like, nope, just assume bad clone, lock him up. Yeah. We're sorry that we don't have more to talk about about this episode. It's one of those situations where I feel like... I feel like we generally have more to talk about when there's actual problems with the episode and this one. You know, if we were sticking to the script rigidly, we would have had more to talk about, but you didn't want to stick to the script anymore. So I'm blaming Stuart. Well, that's our episode. Uh, It's a short one. Get you in and out and right on to our next. This would be great. Uh, What are we talking about next week? Next week, we have There But For The Grace Of God. You can find us on Facebook, on the internet, on Twitter, obviously on your podcast player of choice, at Stargate Weekly. We're trying to lock it down everywhere. We've got a MySpace account. Tom's our friend. (laughs) I am Gamicus on Twitter. I am Tyrannicus on Twitter. You know, send us some feedback. Tell us, uh, do you prefer our new format uh, where we just sort of sit around and talk about stuff in the episode and other things? Or did you like it when we went through the whole of the episode? We probably won't go back to, like, rigidly following the episode, but if you would prefer that we sort of walk through the episode a little bit, let us know. Absolutely. I I mean, at this stage in the game, where we're recording for episode 19, any suggestions you submit are going to be effective season two. Yeah. Okay. So... And that's our show. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna try and do a thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Comtria to to open the episode because it's, it's fun. So I just don't want you to is be surprised. It, is it fun? You don't think it's fun? Uh, eh. All right. Well, it's con- all right. Well, Comtria to you then. <laughs> well, a double Comtria on you. <laughs> so we're wrapping up season one of SG One, as you can tell from your podcast player of choice. Don't worry, season two is coming, but not just that. You can tune in for our new show, Concurrent Delta Flyer, a week-by-week review of Star Trek Voyager. Because although Stargate is my number one love amongst all the star blah 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 different thing, properties out there, I can't say the same about my co-host. That's true. I, I have to admit, I am... First and foremost, a Star Trek fan. It is my first sci-fi show and will continue to be my first sci-fi love. We're going to be delving deep into a show that we both enjoy and we both watched years ago and continue to rewatch on occasion, and that is Star Trek Voyager. Definitely subscribe to our new show, Delta Flyer. You can also find us, Delta Flyer Pod, on Twitter and online as well, deltaflyerpod.com. Delta Flyer Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, we're, we're trying to lock it down everywhere, just like with Stargate Weekly. That's how we roll. Check us out, get yourself subscribed, and then episodes will start coming in the new year. Thanks again for listening.